This is the Classic Baseball Broadcast Network, where we believe there is nothing like hearing about history from those who lived it. Listen to our full catalog of broadcasts at ClassicBaseballBroadcast.com. If you enjoy the podcast, please help me out and do one of three things. Follow, subscribe this podcast, and leave a review. It really helps. Share us with your baseball friends. Uh, let them know about us. Or jump over to members.thisdayinbaseball.com. Join our email list, community, and our family of baseball podcasts. Lines up to throw the first one, and Hayes takes it. For a ball, it missed that inside corner a little bit. Seemed to be also down pretty low. So it's one ball called on Hayes. White Sox leading the Athletics two to nothing in the first inning. Two out, two runs home, and Benura on third base. Jackie swings the next. The ball is back into the stands to the right of the plate, and it's one and one. Oh Hayes, <laughs> Hayes, no fire. Quinn raced back to the stand to see whether that ball could be caught or not. When it wasn't, Quinn pulled the ball out of his pocket and threw it back to the pitcher only, he didn't throw it to the pitcher, he threw it about eight feet to his right, the pitcher's left, and umpire McGowan had to deal it out there and throw it back to Doyle, Well, starts to wind up, pitches, Jackie hit the line, smashed down the third baseline foul, but it just missed Benura's ear, man, that ball really went down there and hit the end of the canvas, bonded halfway back to the infield, ball was hit like a shot down the third baseline, Benura ducked it and it landed foul, about 30 feet down past third base. One and two, one ball and two strikes. The gun winding up, throws, Jackie falls, another one back, hits the front of the second deck, bounds high in the air, and lands back out onto the net and down into the field. It's still one ball and two strikes on Hayes. Another on third base, two out, two runs home in the first inning for the White Sox, and the score two to nothing in their favor. Well, again, starts to wind up. Throws and it's a high one wide for a ball. Making it two and two. Two balls and two strikes on Hayes. Two and two is the count. He throws again and Jackie swings to miss a high fastball inside and strike out for the third out in the last half of the first inning. So it's two runs, three hits, one man left on base. In the last half of the first inning for the White Sox. And the score is 2 to nothing in favor of the White Sox at the end of the first inning. Here's a tip for keeping your car in condition. If you haven't changed the motor oil recently, do it now. Change to the new Texaco motor oil. New Texaco motor oil retains its lubricating qualities, resists heat, and keeps every bearing surface protected with an unbroken film of efficient lubrication every mile you drive. Bob Johnson, the Philadelphia second baseman who, until yesterday, we had never seen do anything to play the outfield, but he's been playing second base for several weeks, is up there quite now, a husky, dangerous right-handed hitter. And he stands there, plate waiting as Deepy catches sign, starts to wind up, throws, and the hitter takes it inside across the way for ball one. One ball called. Deepy winds up again, he pitches, and the hitter swings and falls the ball on the ground. 
goes back to stand. I think it hit umpire Quinn in the foot on the way back, but <laughs> he won't rubber anything, but he was walking around there rather spry for a minute, just sort of showing that he got nicked. And it's one and one, one ball and one strike on Johnson. Here comes the next one inside for ball two, and the count is two balls and one strike on Johnson. Quinn won the count. Glenn runs, throws once more, and Johnson swings in a high flash, coming down foul back to first base. Manure is under it, and has it for the first out of the second inning. One out of the second inning for the Athletics, and Frank Higgins, he is third baseman. Piggy Higgins, another right-handed hitter, and a dangerous one, is up there to play. Higgins swings there to pop fly, and this time Platt is coming in under it in the infield, but he decides the glare is pretty bad and calls to Sewell, who comes out and makes the catch for the second up. You know, even though the sun for the moment isn't out brightly, and you once look up in that cloud-covered sky with the right toward where the sun is, it makes a terrific glare that's almost tougher than looking right into clear sunlight, and with Platt having to stare up into that, and Sewell coming up in the plate, he called to Luke, and he made the play. And now, Frank Hayes at bat hits a terrific smash way out to deep right center, and Krivich goes way back in front of the scoreboard to make the catch for the third out, ending the first half of the second inning with no run and no hit. The score remains 2 to nothing in favor of the White Sox. White Sox coming to bat in the last half of the second inning with Tony Platt up there at the plate. waiting. As I mentioned earlier, Jimmy Dykes, who is regularly the third baseman and the manager of the stock, coaching at third base that means taking a day off, maybe a day or two off. But after all, he has a good ball player there, an efficient one, a fellow who should by now be out of the slump that had him bothered earlier in the year. And uh, after he started great, you know, Tony slump, and they took him out of there. Jackie Hayes been going for great since then. They couldn't get Tony back in. And with a ball player like that, there's no reason why men... Like Jimmy Dykes, who's been playing ball for more years than most of us have been watching it, should stay in there every day when a day's rest here and there will make a new man out of it. So that's what he's doing today. Here's Hayes up there, which winds up, throws, and it's a curveball inside and low for ball one. One ball called. Well, if I got Hayes still up there, Andy, well, let you check up on me, will you? Try it, isn't it? You give it today. Okay. One ball called in play. Tony hits the next one. A beauty out the left center. The shortstop leaps in the air. Almost makes a great catch. But he just loads the ball up and it drops out into the center field. Bounds out there for a base hit. Man, that fellow Newsom almost made himself the play of the afternoon there with that leaping effort to get that line smash. And at that, he managed to tag it. And it went out into center field on the bounce. But Platt is on first base. Best of a base hit. 
They're on first base and nobody else in the second inning and Luke Stroll, White Sox, catches at bat. She throws and Luke swings to follow the ball back to the net back of the plate for strike one. One strike on Sewell. She out there rubs that ball up a little bit, drives his hands on his trousers, then swings around ready to pitch the next one to Luke. Back at the runner, then pitches, and Sewell started to swing, but changed his mind to take a ball inside and low. And it's one ball and one strike on Luke Stewart. One and one to count. One ball and one strike. Ready again. Throws. And the hitter swings. Hit a drive in the center field. Going way out there, but the center fielder backs up easily. Makes the catch. Throws the ball back into second base. And Plyer has to go back to first. White Sox pitcher, late of this same Philadelphia team, at bat with one out in the second inning. Getting ready now. Over to man's first base. Then pitches in it to wide one across the knees for ball one. One ball called. Again, and Dietrich swings, hit a foul, going into the stands, the right of the plate, got to coming back very fast, but it's back out of his reach, and so it's one and one, one ball and one strike on Dietrich. One and one is the count. And here's the next pitch. Doyle set. Look at the runner pitches and the hitter hits the ball hard down to third baseman. He grabs for it and hits him in the foot. He recovers it again and throws the first hand. The ball gets there just an eyelash after Dietrich's foot hits the bag and both runners are safe. Runners on first and second. Dietrich really went down that line for pitch at that time and lost no time doing. The runners are on first and second with one out in the second inning. And the next man up there is Rip Radcliffe. Lead-off man and left fielder, stocky little left-handed hitter. That play is charged as an error for Higgins. And the first pitch to Radcliffe is a fast strike over the inside corner about shoulder high. Pitch is ready out there again. Takes another look back at the runner at second. Then pitches. And Radcliffe swings in a high fly into center field, but Moses jogs a little bit to his right. He's waiting, comes in a little, has it, and throws hard to third base to hold the runner at second. So Newsom cuts it off, and it's two out in the second inning. Two out in the second inning for the White Sox. They have runners on first and second, and Larry Rosenthal is at bat. Rosenthal up there to play. Ready throws. Larry swings and follows the ball back to the screen for strike one. One strike is the count. One strike. Pitch is ready out there again. He's a heavy sign. Throws. And it's a wide one across the way for ball one. The count is one ball and one strike 
Clown one on Rosenthal. One and one to count. Ready again. Watch the second throws. And it's ball two. Ryan outside. And this time the catcher walks out in front of the plate. Calls encouragement to Carl. Throws the ball back to him. Laps it into his glove a couple of times while he looks around. The outfielders were playing fairly even for Rosenthal. Both right and left fielder pretty well in from the line. They're not protecting that line very much. Staying more off towards center field. The second baseman's playing pretty deep. And Larry jumps back to take the third pitch in. The third ball inside and low. And it's a three and one. Three balls and one strike on Larry. Rosenthal might possibly go after this three and one ball. This is ready. Throws, and it's wide across the way for ball four. He couldn't go after with the ball that far away. And it gives him a base on balls, which fills the bases for the White Sox. It's second inning. Fills the bases with two outs. And Mike Cleavich, the White Sox right fielder, is up there to play. Cleavich at that. Winds up the first one to Mike. Throws, and he takes it inside across the waist for ball one. One ball call. Stands there watching the plate again. Finally starts to wind up. Winging wind up. He uses pitches, and Mike gets the bounder, and the third baseman grabs the ball, throws the second, and Rosenthal is forced out on the play from Higgins to Johnson for the third out. Ending that inning and ending that serious threat with no damage. And so it's no run, one hit, one error, and three men left on base in the last half of the second inning. The score remaining two to nothing in favor of the White Sox at the end of the second inning. I'm very pleased to hear from so many fans who discovered there had been a little delay in their getting of the new 1936 Texaco scorebook. You know this book? It's really quite an item, and I've noticed many of the baseball writers examining it, and some of them even using them, because they're just the same as the official books, except the summary sheet is a little more complete. But in the book, besides space for 17 full games, the regular official blanks, such as we've used for many years, is a complete scoring system with illustrations, and through the pictures that come from White Sox, their rosters and schedules, and it's so simple to receive, just stop in at any technical station, ask for a request card, Fill it in with your name and address. It's already addressed to me on the other side. A one-cent stamp on it and mail it, and you'll get that card. As I said, those to whom there's been a little delay in receiving the book have been letting me know about it, and we'll see if they get the book right away. You may have sent in your card, and there's been some delay, so don't forget to let me know. Now, Newsom and Flat takes the first pitch high and wide for ball one. Dietrich throws the next one over the outside corner about waist high for a strike. So it's one ball and one strike on Newsom. Right-handed hitter, there's the next ball, a third ball outside, and it's two and one. Two balls and one strike on Whitey Newsom, Lamar Newsom. Dietrich throws again, and the hitter swings in a high fly to short left center. Radcliffe is jogging over his lead, waiting for the ball now, has it, and it's one out in the third inning for the athletic. One out in the third inning with Carl Doyle, the pitcher, now coming up to the plate.
to get there. He bats right-handed as he pitches. The infield plays about even. Outfield pulls in a little. And the first pitch is a strike over the heart of the plate, a little above the knee. Rosenthal has moved a little bit toward right center, figuring Oil as hitting to right. And there's strike two, another fastball down the middle, a little above the knees. And it's two strikes on Doyle. Two strikes to count. And the pitcher throws, and it's a high one inside for ball one. Make it one ball and two strikes on Doyle. One and two. Hitter swings again and misses the fastball, striking out for the second out in the third inning. And makes a two out in the third inning for the A's. And Lou Benny, the leadoff man, once more is at bat. Lou got himself five hits and six times at bat yesterday. Rather a busy afternoon. Throws and the hitter swings, hit one hard right back at Hayes, who comes up with it on the hop, throws the first base, and it's three out. No runs, no hits in the third inning for the Athletics, and the score remains two to nothing in favor of the White Sox. Sox coming about in the last half of the third inning with Keith Manura, who tripled the drive in the second run in the first inning, the first man up. This broadcast of the White Sox Philadelphia game comes to you direct from Comiskey Park, home of the White Sox of Chicago, as a presentation of your neighborhood Plexico dealer, distributor of Plexico Fire Chief Gasoline. Broadcast comes with the permission of the White Sox and the Athletics to simulate interest in our national game and in your own local baseball team. At the WCFL at Chicago. Doyle's arrived on the mound to start his warm-up. He's downstairs sitting on the bench today with the Sox bench and looked around and discovered a fellow that, well, it wasn't so very long ago. We were talking about him from up here. He's up here alongside of us now. That's former member of Detroit and Boston Club in the American League, Bill Akers. Bill, how do you like baseball from up in this direction? Well, it's a little high up, Paul. I'd rather be down on the field with the rest of the boys. Well, I'm hoping for that. How do you like this way of... Uh, of playing baseball, sitting and talking two hours in the afternoon. I could, don't believe I could stand it. I got too nervous to still. <laughs> well, you've done pretty well so far. I haven't knocked any chairs or anything over. Won't be long, eh? <laughs> is up there now. He starts to wind up. And throws and seeks lean back to take a high fastball inside for ball one. One ball call. Doyle leans over to get the side, starts to wind up again. And pitches and Zeke takes ball two, a pass one inside across the way. So it's two and nothing, two balls and no strikes on Benura. One nothing is the count, but you're ready again, starts to wind up once more. Throws and it's a fast strike over the heart of the plate, waist high, making it two and one. Two balls and one strike on Zeke. One one, and there's the second ball, third ball, wide across the waist, and it's three balls and one strike on Benura. Three and one the count. Three and one with the pitcher ready again. Throws and the hitter takes ball four. It's over the plate but low, and Zeke gets the base on ball. So puts his big Zeke on first base. Nobody out in the third inning. And Luke Appling is up there at the plate, right-handed hitter. 
Sets up there and taps the plate two or three times. The bat fades to Doyle. Carl is getting a sign from Hayes, getting ready to pitch. Team set. Let's look at first base and throws. And it's a strike over the inside corner, waist high. One strike on Appling. Doyle again has the sign. He's ready. Stretches, cuddles the ball in front of him, looks back at the runner at first base. And pitches, and Luke swings in a slow bounder. The pitcher can't quite get to it. Third baseman comes over and just juggles the ball. Shortstop grabs it. For the meantime, Appling beats it out for a base hit. And Bonora reaches second base. He made the turn to go to third because he found third base uncovered. The shortstop was right near the line, so he whirled and would have blocked him off. So he stayed at second base. And it's an infield scratch hit for Appling. But it looks just as big as those batting averages, boys. And a foot White Sox runners on first and second with nobody out in the third inning. And Jackie Hayes, Mitter Hayes, the White Sox. Second baseman is up there at the plate. He was reacting to he was going to bunt, but the pitch came up inside. So he stepped back to let it go by for ball one. One ball called. Again, the pitcher swings around, looks back over his shoulder, and throws, and it's a ball, too. It missed the outside corner down around the knees. Infield all playing for the bunt with the first baseman charging in. Second baseman there going over to cover first. Shortstop dashing over to second. Third baseman holding back as far as he dares to see if he can't make a play at third base. He throws again, and Jackie gets a wide one across the waist for ball three. Makes it three and nothing on Hayes. Frank Hayes, the catcher, walks out in front of the plate, calls the pitcher, throws the ball back to him. Doyle stands there, rubbing the ball up, standing with his back to the plate. On he turns around, steps onto the slab. And there's the stretch, getting ready to pitch the next one to Hayes. He throws, and it's ball four, high and inside. Better get the base on ball. The Sox have the bases full in the third inning with nobody out. Nobody out, bases full. White Sox already leading. Two to nothing, and Tony Plant is back in the third inning. Doyle has got himself in a second trouble out here. Plant up there now, right-handed hitter also. Stands with his right foot way in the inside rear corner of the batter's box, partially facing the pitcher. And he swings in the first one, a bounder foul down the third baseline. Jimmy Dykes feels it, looks it over pretty carefully, rubs it up a little, and tosses it out. To the pitcher, Doyle takes it, adjusts his cap, grabs the ball, looks to play for the sign to pitch again. Platt is all set there. Doyle starts that easy swinging windup. Pitches, and whoa, Tony had to sit down under that one. It was so far, far inside, and it made it fall one. The count is one ball and one strike on Platt. One and one. Ready again, starts to wind up throws, and Tony takes the second ball. It's all set again to swing, but the ball came down there by the knees inside, and it's two balls and one strike on Hayes. Or rather on Pyatt. I keep insisting on getting Hayes up there at that next time, don't I? Wind one to count, two balls and one strike. Tony started to swing at the next one, stopped, the ball hit the bat, and bounded down to the first baseman, 
who grabbed it and threw to the plate, getting quite easy, easily, or rather getting the man at the plate easily, and then threw back to first, and Pyatt got down there. Pyatt tried to pull away from that ball, but he got his bat around just far enough so the ball met it and bounded easily down to Dean, the first baseman, and he threw the catch at the plate, forcing Benora for the first out of the inning. They're still full with one out. And Luke Sewell hits the first pitch. A long drive out deep left center. Going way out there to the scoreboard. One run is coming across the first plate. Another one. And Platt is around third base racing for the plate. Score standing up for a long double to the scoreboard in deep left center. By Luke Sewell scores all three runs. And gives the White Sox now a 5 to nothing lead. That ball was really hit, too, what I mean. He got that ball right around on that ball and drove it out into left center. There was no question about where it was going from the moment it started. It was right out between the left fielder and center fielder. Neither man had a chance to make a play on it. A regular parade of Sox runners across that plate. Here is Dietrich, the pitcher at bat. Throws in. He swings in a bounder. just past the pitcher. Shortstop. Comes in fast, grabs the ball, realizes he can't get Dietrich, holds it, hoping to get Sewell rounding third. But Sewell stops there, he had his eye on the play, and runners around first and third. Still only one out, three runs already home, and that's an infield scratch hit for the pitcher, Dietrich, now. He's been on base both times, he's been up there. He really goes down that line when he's on his way to first base and doesn't waste any time. Now Radcliffe up there. Takes the crack at the first pitch, hit a little looping foul, now back at third base. Third baseman dashing over there, but it's back. And the box seats, one of the fans there, catches it. And it's one strike on Radcliffe. White Sox runners on first and third. One out, three runs already home in the third inning. And Radcliffe at that. One long high fly to deep center field. Center field is back there to get it. Makes the catch and Sewell is jogging home after the catch with Dietrich starting back to first base. Long drive to deep center field by Radcliffe for the second out. And of course Sewell after the catch with the fourth run of the inning gets the White Sox a six to nothing lead. Now the man at bat is Rosenthal who takes the first pitch wide across the way for ball one. One ball called. There's the next one for ball two inside and blowing the count is two and nothing. Two balls and no strike on Rosenthal. Doyle swings around again, ready to throw. Go watch the runner at first, but pitches. And Larry gets the first strike. Beauty over the heart of the plate, about waist high. And it's two and one. Two balls and one strike on Rosenthal. Here comes the third ball wide. And Larry has a count of three and one. Three balls and one strike on Rosenthal. 
Hi, Ernie. Glad to see you. Very glad to see you, Ernie. Three and one, and there's ball four wide across the chest. And it's a beat-run ball for Rosenthal, his second walk in three innings. First inning, he singled, walked in the second, walked in the third. Moves deep into second base. And the White Sox have runners on first and second. Two out. Four runs already home in the third inning. Four now six to nothing in favor of the Sox. And Felix and Pat takes the first pitch behind inside for ball one. Ball call, but you walked out there in front of the plate, returned the ball to the pitcher, a new one, he rubs it up a little bit, finally steps onto the slab, watches for his sign, gets it, swings around into pitching position, strikes, looks back at the runner, second pitches, and it's a strike over the heart of the plate, down around the knees, to make it one ball and one strike on Cleveland. One and one is the count. Goes again, and Mike was all set for that one, but stepped back, stopped his swing, and the ball came over the heart of the plate, down around the knees. So it's one and two. One ball and two strikes on little Mike. One and two to count. It goes again, and Peter swings it, a foul down the right field line, back onto the roof of the stand, and it's still one ball and two strikes on Peter. One and two. Watching second base throws again, and there's a ball inside and low to make it ball two. And it's two balls and two strikes on Mike. Doyle isn't having much luck out there. He's fast one, he throws a fast one, but he usually seems to be using mostly a slow curve and a change of pace. Throws this one pretty fast, but it's high and wide. The ball three. Cuts loose, the control isn't there, so he has trouble. So it's three balls and two strikes. Three and two on Kreevich. Again, and the hitter swings and tips the ball fall on the ground back of the plate. Naturally, the runners were on the go with the pitch. Being a three and two count with two out. So they have to jog back their bases. That is, one of them is running back Rosenthal, but Deepik is strolling back to second. Three balls and two strikes on Pavich. Doyle throws again. The runners start, but it's ball four wide. And again, this inning, the White Sox have the bases full. Moves Rosenthal to second base and Deepik to third. And the bases are full again in the third inning. And Deke Fenora, who opened the inning with a walk, was forced to the plate for the first out after the base has been filled for the first time, is back up there at the plate. Deke Fenora is back. Base is full. Two out. Four runs already home in the third inning. And Deke jumps back to take it inside and low for ball one. One ball call. Goes through his windup, pitches again, and it's a good strike. Fastball over the outside corner, waist high. Deke was all set to swing, stopped, and looked at the plate, looked back at the umpire, looked at the plate again. But it's one and one, one ball and one strike on Benora. 
throws once more and Zeke swings in a little pop fly out and towards third base. The third baseman coming in and makes the catch for the third out. Another pop to Higgins. And it's three out in the fourth inning for the White uh, in the third inning for the White Sox. I've run over in the fourth inning column and the scorebook here to get that second time at bat in there. So in the third inning, the White Sox had four runs for one, two, three hits. Yes, there are only three hits in that rally. And three men left on base. It was mostly wildness on Mr. Doyle's part that caused this trouble. And the score at the end of the third inning, the White Sox are leading the Athletics by a score of six to nothing. Now for up to the minute scores and complete batteries from other cities, we return to the studio. In the National League, in Philadelphia, the Chicago Cubs lead the Phillies at the end of the first half of the seventh inning, three to one. Henshaw Hartnett working for the Cubs, the Phillies using Paso and Atwood. In Brooklyn... The Pittsburgh Pirates lead the Dodgers at the end of the first half of the fifth inning by a score of 8-2. to two. Burke Offer and Patton working for the Pirates. The Dodgers starting Baker and Berries with Butcher pitching in the third. First game of the doubleheader in New York was taken by the Giants from the Cincinnati Reds 5-1. to one. In the second game at the end of the third inning, the Giants lead the Reds 4-1. to one. The second game battery, the Reds, Schott and Lombardi for the Giants, Smith and Mancuso. In the American League, in Detroit, the Yankees are leading the Tigers at the end of the first half of the second inning 8 to nothing. Pearson and Jorgens working for the Yanks. Bridges and Hayward starting for the Tigers with Sorrell pitching in the second. In Cleveland, the Indians lead the Washington Senators at the end of the first half of the third inning, two to nothing. Rydell and Millie's working for the Senators. The Indians using Brown and Pitlack. And now back to Comiskey Park and Hal Totten. Take it, Hal. Ready to go in the next inning. The fourth, first man at bat, Moses hit the first ball pitch for a pop fly into the infield. And Pyatt came clear across past the pitcher's mound to make the catch on the first base side of the pitcher's box for the first out. One out of the fourth. Dean at that takes the first pitch wide and low for ball one. One ball caught. Throws again. And it's ball two inside across the waist. Making it two and nothing. Two balls and no strikes. On Dean. There's a strike over the inside corner waist high. So it's two and one, two balls and one strike. On Dean. Or now comes strike two. And it's over the inside corner knee high to make it two balls and two strikes on Chuck. Two and two. He throws again, he swings, hits the ball hard out into center field for a base hit, the first hit of the afternoon off Dietrich. And it's the second time he's reached base. He walked once and got a base hit this time. He's the only man on the club that has been on base. The Dean is on first base, one out of the fourth inning. And Puccinelli, the right fielder, is at bat. And the first pitch is a fastball. Across the waist, but wide for ball one. One ball called. And the hitter swings the next one to hit it into left field for another base hit. Well, that base hit seemed to break the charm. He drove it into left field for a single. And it's moved Dean to second base. So the A's have runners on first and second with one out of the fourth inning. And Bob Johnson, the second baseman, is at best.
the first one for a strike over the outside corner about knee high. One strike on Johnson. And he swings at the next one into right field for still another base hit. The runner from second is coming around third on the way in. And Taylor throws the ball to the plate. And the runner is sorry, called out. And then the umpire, that is, he had a head in the air and suddenly spread his hands to indicate safe. Early at first he thought Stuhl had him blocked off, but then he discovered that his foot had come over the plate, and when the dust cleared and he saw his foot on the plate, realized that it had been there when the ball hit him, and he called him safe. He had the courage of his conviction, which is the right way to do. Sometimes an umpire may call a play a little bit fast. This time, Fire Quinn had the arm part way up to call him out. When the dust cleared, he saw he had made it, so he realized it and called him safe as he should have, which was a good decision. Now the men at bat. Higgins takes the first pitch for a strike over the outside corner. How about Neha? One strike on Pinky. A good throw to the plate by Fevich, incidentally. So the Delphi runners on first and third. One out, one run home in the fourth. Pink hits the next one, a high fly out to right field. Fevich comes over, makes the catch, turns and makes another great throw to the plate. But the runner scores easily as the uh, catcher runs up on the ball and blocks it. And the runner at first had to hold his base. So it's two out in the fourth inning. Two runs home for the Athletics. They still have Johnson on first base. Frank Hayes, the catcher, is up there at the plate. Hayes is fast, but you look at first base and pitches. Hitter hits a high bounder going down the third base line. And lands fair on the second hop, but has a lot of English on it, a lot of spin, and it landed fair and bounced almost at right angles to go foul, and it's strike one on Hayes. The ball was hit so high, both runners would have been able to advance on the ball, even though it had stayed fair, and was fielded. Hayes gets back to play with a count of one strike on him. Two out, two runs home in the fourth inning for the Athletics. Score now 6-2 to two in favor of the White Sox. Johnson still on first base. Deep to get the sign, swings around, he's ready to pitch. Throws and the hitter takes a wide one low for ball one. So it's one ball and one strike on Hayes. One and one. Frank swings again to hit a high fly down the right field line. Pivot is jogging over across the line and makes the catch down there in foul territory in front of the stand for the third out. So it's two runs, three hits, one man left on base in the first half of the fourth inning. The score is 6-2 to two in favor of the White Sox. White Sox cutting the bat in the last half of the fourth with Luke Appling, White Sox shortstop, first man at bat. What are all these things they just brought in here? More telegrams, George? Telegrams. Birthday business has got it. Congratulations to Greybeard of Wireless. <laughs> Hope your break 80 in your life is not on golf course. You know who that's from. Yeah. Don't have to say anything about that. P. Kratz, that's old flute. Flutocrat, you know? Uh-huh. Mr. and Mrs. B. Abramson, congratulations and sincere good wishes on your birthday. Isn't that Ducky? Fred Fowler, sincere wishes for many, many happy returns. Joel Halperin, hearties congratulations. Anna Larson and Mrs. Lester Larson. 
Very nice. Happy birthday. So I listen to the game, so that suits me. <laughs> Bill Ma Taylor up there at Lake Geneva says, Happy birthday to us. You know, it's her birthday, too. We usually have a chance to celebrate it together, but uh, the season's still on. We can't get away like we usually can. Well, you've got to send a wire to more, too. Yes, and that's Pharmacy, Herbie Davis in the game. Congratulations on, on your 29th birthday. Well, he knows it's 29, 29 again, so it's all right. More right. Congratulations. From an old pill roller. <laughs> I know him. <laughs> well, we got some more here, but we'll read them in a minute because the ball game is going on. And Appling at that takes the first one for a strike over the outside corner about Neha. One strike on Luke. She winds up again, throws. Let her swing to follow the ball into the stands above and to the right of the plate for strike two. That makes it two strikes on Appling. Throws again and Luke watches that ball go into the ground at his feet for ball one, so it's one and two. One ball and two strikes. Oil winding up again. Pitches and Luke swings in a bounder down to the third base and it bounds over his shoulder and goes on out in the left field. Luke makes the turn but goes back to first pass as the ball is fielded in a hurry and thrown in there. And it's a base hit for Luke. Higgins went after that ball rather peculiarly. Went out there not seeming to know just how it was going to bounce because it was taking funny hop. First a long one, then a short one, and then a medium one. And finally hit and took a high hop right up over his shoulder into left field for a single. So Jackie Hayes is at bat taking the first pitch inside by the knees for ball one. One ball called. Remember the White Sox are leading the athletics by a score of six to two. The last half of the fourth inning. Appling is on first base. He throws now and it's a strike over the outside corner knee high to make it one ball and one strike on Hayes. One and one to count. It's the next one to drive on in the left field for a good clean base hit. And it moves Appling to second base. George, I'm glad you explained that one wire. I saw that thread scores Fowler and I couldn't figure it out. They should have put quotation marks about it. That's the voice from the studio by Cracky. Fred Fowler that does the scores and things down there. Between our breaks. I'm glad you pointed that out. That hit me puzzled. I, you know, I'm reading them in a hurry here to try not to miss the game. Why, I almost overlooked that. Don't go on that swell. I got to work together, my friend. Well, the first pitch to Bryant now almost knocked him down and takes it for ball one. Oh, he still scores now, huh? Scores and scores, of course. Oh, dear. One ball call, it throws again. And it's a strike over the outside corner, waist high, making it one and one. <laughs> Going to fours and batteries. <laughs> and it carries him up a little, eh? <laughs> one and one is the count with the pitcher ready again. Throws, oh, that ball hit. Tony right in the leg. He tried to get out of the way of it, but the ball kept sailing in toward him. Finally hit him about in the knee. And he got the first base hit by a pitch ball. And again, for the second time in two innings, the White Sox have the bases full, but nobody out. And 
Luke Stoll is at bat. Stepped up there with a big full last inning and cleared him off. Just mopped them all up with a big double. No, the A's don't bother warming up pitchers. I mean, one pitcher a day, you know? <laughs> Tony Swing, or rather, Luke Swing, hit the first ball pitch, and the results in the double play, second to short to first, with Appling scoring. A double play, and which Luke hit the ball. Luke Johnson, he flips to Newsom, and Newsom over to Dean, completes the double play, scoring Appling and moving Hayes to third base. So now it's two out for the White Sox in the fourth inning. And Deepak is getting a hand as he walks up there to the plate. Lost one run home. Hayes on third base. It's a start to wind up pitches. And it's a curveball wide and low for ball one. One ball called. Winding up again, throws, and the hitter swings and misses a high fastball outside for a strike. So it's one ball and one strike on Dietrich. One and one to count. Throws again, and Bill swings to drive it out in the center field for a good clean single, and it scores Hayes easily from third base. A single to center field by Dietrich. Well, I'm glad of one thing, he brought his hitting ability to the White Sox with him. He always good, hits pretty good, but pretty tough up at that plate. He doesn't look much like a hitter, but he takes a short punch swing at that ball, and he's willing to swing, which means he gets a lot of bases. I know he always did against the White Sox before he came here. Now Radcliffe at bat. Swings the first one to hit a high fly to left center. Left fielder closing in on it fast and makes the catch on the run out there for the third out. Riff has been up four times in four innings, but got only one base hit out of it. That's going to... Sort of make a sense in that fancy batting average of his. Started out all right, but hasn't had any luck since. Two runs, three hits, one man left on base in the last half of the fourth inning, and the score remain, now stands seven to two with an eight to two. Six, seven, eight, nine, seven, eight, four, five, six, seven, eight. Hey, I'm getting jittery here. It's a birthday business is getting too much. Twenty-nine years a lot. Yeah, I'm getting old. It's 8-2 to two at the end of the fourth inning. Have you been having trouble keeping squeaks and rattles out of your car after rainy spells? Then try Marfax chassis lubrication. Marfax stays put on the bearings and keeps the water and mud out. It gives double the service that ordinary grease will, too. Have your car Marfax. And say goodbye to annoying, costly squeaks and rattles. First man at bat of the fifth inning for the athletics is Newsom. Shortstop. He takes the first one for a strike. Here's our engineer friend. On time, too. Mr. Molnar. <laughs> and this next one comes over there for strike two. He throws again for a high one wide at ball one. To make it one ball and two strikes. We always know it's four o'clock when that happens. Hitter swings the next in a high fly to short right field. Right fielder Kravich is coming in, but Hayes goes back and tries to call for the ball. Finally realizes Mike's coming in on him, so he sits down. He stops up and sits down to get out of the way, and Kravich comes on in to make the play. So it's one out in the fifth inning for the athletics, 
And Doyle, Carl Doyle, the pitcher is at bat. First pitch is a strike over the heart of the plate, waist high. One strike to Compass, winds up again, throws, and it's strike two. Boy, he laid that one right down the middle. I guess he figures there's no use of fooling with this fella. Deepak is really faster than I thought he was. He seemed to have a lot of stuff on that ball. Of course, he's going throwing just plain fastballs down there just this minute. And he's winding up again, throws, hit a swings and falls the ball back on the ground back of the plate. It may have nicked Luke Sewell's foot. He sort of staggered for a minute, but just... Reached for another ball, got it, threw it back out to pitcher. And it's two strikes on Doyle still. Dietrich throws again, and Doyle swings and misses, striking out for the second out of the fifth inning. That makes it two out of the fifth inning for the Athletics. And Luke Finney, the A's left fielder, is at bat. Swings the first one to hit it hard out to <laughs> Benora leaped high in the air trying to feel that ball and hit him in the knee. Bounded out in the foul territory with Zeke right after it. <laughs> that ball mounted and Zeke went right up in the air with it, but it didn't come up as high as his glove. It hit him in the knee instead and bounded over to foul territory. Ball well will probably be called a base hit. The ball was hit pretty hard. And it puts Finney on first base, two out in the fifth inning. And Moses, the center fielder. Is up there at the plate. Moses at bat. Here it swings and falls the ball back to the net back of the plate. And it's strike one. Yes, it's officially called a hit now. Finally got the relay time. From the official scorer. One strike on Moses. And he swings hit a pop fly coming down foul back of the plate. Coming down onto the net. And it's two strikes on Wally. Strikes the count on Moses. Remember, Finney is on first base. Two out of the fifth inning. And he hits the next one, but it's foul right down the first base coaching line. Coach there grabs it, looks it over. Throws it back out to pitcher. That's her old friend, Lena Blackburn, who many, many years ago played with the White Sox. Later on with coach and finally manager of the club. Ready again, pitches, and it's a curveball very wide and low, making it one and two. The ball broke sharply away from the hitter. One ball and two, call the first hit. The broadcast of the White Sox Philadelphia game comes to you direct from Comiskey Park, home of the White Sox in Chicago, at the presentation of your neighborhood Texaco dealer, distributor of Texaco Fire Chief Gasoline. The broadcast comes with the permission of the White Sox and the A's to stimulate interest in our national game and in your own local baseball team. WCFL in Chicago. More wise. Well, that's 12. A couple people must know about birthday. Maybe got friends too. Here's one that I know is a real friend. Gary joins me in wishing you many happy returns this day. You're a real credit to broadcasting, but I like that very much, and especially from General A.F. Lorenzen, who sent it. That's very 12. 
boys at Guy Bush Service Station. Happy birthdays and best wishes. Curly Oregon Joel, birthday greetings and best wishes. May you live long. for a good, clean, hard base hit. That ball was well hit out to left field by Rosenthal. Puts him on first base. Nobody out in the fifth inning for the White Sox. And Mike Kravich up there at the plate. But you're ready now to pitch the first one to Mike Throws, and the hitter takes it inside across the knees for ball one. Ready again. Throws. And it's inside and low. Ball two, making it two balls and no strikes on Kravich. Two and nothing to count. It's ready out there again. Takes a look back at the runner at first and pitches. And the hitter swings in a little looping fly to right field. Right fielder comes in fast. The ball drops in front of him for a base hit. And then he... Can't grab a hold of it on the first hop, has to pick it up a second time, and Rosenthal, who has stopped to watch whether the ball is going to be caught or not, he had to, uh, gets to second base. It was one of those dead spots out there that if Puccinelli had any luck and could have gotten that ball on the hop, he might have made a quick throw to second in time to force Rosenthal. If it was, he couldn't quite do it. So it's a base hit, and the runner is on second. Runner's on first and second. That was technical leaguers, right? Next hitter, Venora hits a drive into left field for another base hit. A left fielder throws the ball in fast, but Rosenthal scores easily. Yeah, Andy, I didn't have time to get that technical leaguer in. I was watching for that play at second. I didn't want to stay with the technical leaguer. They forced him at second. You know, get the idea. Real confidential, like. <laughs> See, Bill, up here on this broadcast, we don't have any technical leaguers anymore. They're technical leaguers here. We've got to start individual. No more technical leaders. No more Texas leaders. They're all technical. Now, Appling is there at the plate. Runner still on first and second. Nobody out. One run home in the fifth inning. And the first pitch is inside for ball one. One ball call. Throws again, and the hitter falls this one into the stand to the right of the plate for a strike. And the count is one ball and one strike. One and one on Appling. Swings around, ready again. Takes another look back at the runner. Then pitches. Luke has to sit now. He's got in his rocking chair and rocked out of the way of that one. And it's ball two. So it's two balls and one strike on Affleck. Two balls and one strike. Which has his sign again. Takes another look back at second base. And throws. And it's a wide one low for ball three. Making it three balls and one strike on Affleck. Three and one is the count. And Doyle pitches, and it's ball four inside across the way. And Luke gets the base run. <laughs> well, that's three innings in a row. They filled the bases with nobody out. No, well, uh-oh, they're going to warm somebody up in the bullpen. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Flight is walking out there to the bullpen. Somebody else is also standing up to warm up. And Jackie Hayes is a bat. 
Jackie takes the first one, a fast strike over the outside corner, waist high. One strike on Hayes. She throws again on its inside. The ball gets away from the catcher. The runner from third is scoring. Slides in. The ball throw back from the uh, pitcher gets the, uh, from the catcher gets past the pitcher. There's nobody covering the plate. So Benura also scores. <laughs> Hey, all you could see was fellas running home that time. <laughs> you know, like these fireworks, you see a streak go across, all of a sudden there's a pause, and another streak goes right after it. Well, that's the way those white streaks were tearing home that time. The first pitch, Marquette had scored on a wild pitch, with the other two runners advancing also, and then when the catcher threw back to the pitcher badly, Benora also scored, but uh, Appling had to stay on second. And now the... Hitter swings to fall the next one back into the stand back of the plate. And it's one and one. One ball and one strike on Hayes. Jackie swings. They hit the next one. Long fly out to deep left field. But the left fielder is waiting there and makes the catch. The runner from second makes the break. It's all to go to third. But a very nice throw comes in from Finney to right to the bag at third base to hold him at second. So it's one out in the fifth inning. Three runs are home for the White Sox. Appling is still on second base, and Tony Platt is at first. White Sox are now beating the Athletics by a score of 11 to 2. Doyle pitches, and Platt leans way back to take a ball inside across the waist. One ball called. And there's ball two also in stock. Well, throws again and Platt gets a high one inside for ball three. And it's three balls and no strikes on Tony Platt. Hitting for the White Sox in the fifth inning. But happening on second base, one out. Three runs home. And the score, 11 to 2. In favor of the White Sox. Throws again, and it's a strike over the inside corner. Waste high. Pyatt made a start as though to go to first, but came back after taking only about a half a step. So it's three and one. Throws again. Ooh. Pyatt tried to twist out of the way of that one. The ball hit him right in the back. That's the second time he's been hit by a pitch ball, but in the records that goes merely as a base on ball because the ball hit him. That hitting was ball four. In the old days, they call that a hit batsman anyway, but the pitcher saves his record a little bit this way. Tony gets down there walking a little bit slowly because the ball hits you, hitting you that way can knock the breath out of you more than a person could realize. I mean, the average person could hit like that. They'd have to carry him out on a stretcher, but a ball player's in condition and can take it, more or less has to take it. Luke Stewart with that. Takes the first pitch, a curveball wide and low for ball one. One ball call, it's ready once more. For the runners on the go, the hitter hits the ball right back to the second baseman who flips it to the shortstop. Too late to get the man there, but the throw to first does get Sewell. Second baseman throw over to the shortstop, got to the shortstop before he reached the bag. And because it was a hit-and-run play and the runners were on the go with the pitch, Fyatt slid in safely. So Sewell is out on a rather peculiar roundabout play, 
play going from Johnson to Newsom to Dean. And Dietrich again gets a nice hand as he walks up to the plate. And he takes the first one for a strike over the inside corner, Neha. This young man has been on base all three times he's been at bat. Once on an error and twice on base hit. And there's a strike over the outside corner, knee-high, making it two strikes on Dietrich. Two strikes to count. Once more, the pitch is winding up. He throws, and Dietrich swings in a bounder down toward left field. Johnson grabs for it, but it gets past him and out onto, or not Johnson, but Higgins, on out into left field. And two-run score as the runner reaches first base for the fourth consecutive time and the fourth consecutive inning, I might add. Ball was pretty well hit to the left of Higgins, who went over fast, tried to reach it, but it took a funny hop, caromed up off his glove, and bounced out into left field after hitting his glove. Been no sign yet from the official score as to whether that was a base hit or an error. And now the first pitch to Radcliffe is inside for ball one. One ball called. Ready out there again. There's the stretch. And he pitches and Radcliffe swings it a pounder. Higgins grabs for that also, but it comes off his puff back to the shortstop who makes a backhanded pickup of it, but too late to get anybody, and the runners are safe at first and second. Everybody down there, the reasons, relays them, just standing and looking, and nobody's gone back into the press box to find out. We've got two to find out now, George. See if somebody will go up there, will you, old boy? Rosenthal is up there at the plate on both of them, the pitcher and Radcliffe. And he hits the first pitch to drive into right field. The right fielder grabs the ball, drops it, and one run is scoring, and the other runner goes to third base. you got three of them to find out now, George. <laughs> what do you know about that? Right fielder grabbed the ball. It seems to be right in his hand. And it hit his glove and dropped to the ground. And as a result, another run scored. And the runners are on first and third. Two out. Six runs home this inning. And Kreevich of that takes a wire strike over the outside corner about knee high. One strike on Kreevich. One strike is the count. And there's a ball inside across the way, so it's one and one. One ball and one strike. Two comes in wide and low, so it's two balls and one strike. Two and one on Kravich. You mean the official score won't tell us whether it's a hit or an error? You gone crazy or something? And now Kravich swings it a high bounder down to the pitcher, who comes over to the line, gets it, but it's too late to... Uh, Gets the man at first, he throws out there, but the runner is safe. And as a result, Radcliffe also scores, and Rosenthal goes to second base. Defense was a hit, Radcliffe was there. Why wouldn't they tell you? Who's the official scorer? Who's the official scorer, Whitey? Well, I mean, who is the official scorer? McNamara is the official scorer. 
And he won't tell what the score is? Well, they must be crazy. I mean, after all, if they want to act that way, why, we'll take care of that. Now, Flight is in there to pitch. Flight is in there to pitch for the A's. They finally relieved Doyle. And uh, Flight, a tall, slim right-hander, takes up the pitching chores out there with White Sox runners on first and second. Two out, and a whole lot of runs home. Okay, Bill, see you later. Deepest, they finally called a hit and rent. The Veneers are a guess. We sort of spied that out of them, but I suppose Rosenthal's with Veneers. I mean, if those fellas want to get swell-headed, uh, Wright is finishing his warm-up out there on the mound. Trying to catch up on this inning here and find out just all that did happen on account of... Uh, with a lot of things happened and we couldn't quite figure out what it was all at once and get them all marked down here. There's been a lot more runs in, but we're ready to go now with Zeke Benoret back for the Sox. Throws the first one and the hitter takes a strike over the inside corner, waist high. One strike on Venora. And there's a ball inside across the waist, so it's one and one. One ball and one strike. One and one to count. And Zeke hits the next one, a bounder down to the shortstop who gets it, throws the second baseman, and the side is finally retired. Previch is forced at second base on a play, which went from the shortstop to the second baseman for the third out. Now let's see if I can figure out how many runs there were scored. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven runs in that inning. One, two, three, four, five hits. Two errors, and two men left on base. And the score is 15-2 in favor of the White Sox at the end of the fifth inning. And now again, for just a moment, we return to the studio. Thousands of requests for Texaco's 1936 baseball scorebook are pouring in every day. Don't wait any longer to send in your request card for your own copy. You'll find a great fund to score these games play-by-play, -play, the same as Hal Totten does. The system is explained simply and in detail. In addition, day by day as unusual plays develop, Hal Totten will tell you how to score them. The book is crammed with other interesting baseball information. You'll find pictures and rosters of both teams, complete schedules of all major league teams, several pages of interesting data on the Cubs and Sox. 1836 Technical Baseball Scorebook is something worthwhile having, and it's easy to get. All you have to do is go to any Texaco service station and ask for a request card. Then write your name and address on the card, stamp it, and put it in the mail. Children must be accompanied by an adult when requesting a car. Remember, the 1936 Texaco Baseball Scorebook is absolutely free. Get your request card in the mail today. And now back to Comiskey Park for the continuation of the baseball game brought to you by permission of the Chicago White Sox and the Philadelphia Athletics to stimulate interest in our national game and in your local team. Take it, Hal. Back at the ballpark for the sixth inning, the first man is Bat Dean had taken a ball and hit a foul and landed back in the plate for a strike. And now hits a fly ball, which Radcliffe gets out in left field for the first out in the sixth inning. One out in the sixth inning for the athletic. And Puccinelli 
the right fielders at bat. First pitch to Puccinelli to strike over the outside corner above knee high. One strike on Puccinelli. And there's a ball inside across the waist for ball one, and the count is one ball and one strike on Puccinelli. One and one the count. He throws the next one, and it's a ball wide and low, and the count is two balls and one strike. Two and one. Dietrich throws again for the third ball wide, and it's three and one on Big George. Three balls and one strike on Puccinelli. There's the second strike over the heart of the plate above knee high. So it's three balls and two strikes on Puccinelli. Three and two the count. Dietrich throws again. The hitter swings hit a bounder down to Jackie Hayes who got to throws the first base. And it's two out in the sixth inning. Two out in the sixth inning for the athletics. Winds up, throws, and Johnson, who is at bat, takes a curve ball wide and low for ball one. One ball called. He big throws again for a strike over the inside corner, waist high, and it's one and one. One ball and one strike on Johnson. Hitter swings the ball, the next one back to the screen. He falls down from the force of that swing, and it's one and two. One ball and two strikes on Big Buck. One and two to count. He throws again for ball two. Behind inside and it's two balls and two strikes. Two and two on Johnson. Next one he has to duck under it. Came sailing right up at his shoulders. And he ducked under it to take it for the third ball. Making it three and two. Three balls and two strikes on Johnson. He hits the next one to drive into center field for a base hit. A single by Johnson. Fielded by Rosenthal out there. He throws it back into the infield. And so Johnson's on first base with two out in the sixth inning. And Higgins is at bat. Higgins up there at the plate. And the first pitch is right inside for ball one. One ball called. He throws again. The hitter swings. Hit a slow pound. Right back at the pitcher who gets it. Throws the first base. And it's three out. He had to run a little bit over to his right to get that ball. But fielded easily. And it's three out. No runs. One hit. One man left on base. In the first half of the sixth inning. And the score. And the score. Remains. Where do I add them up again? What is it? Seven, nine, fifteen to two at the end of the sixth inning. I had the right number of runs in that last half inning, didn't I? Seven. So I add them up right. I left the countometer at home. I didn't have a chance to bring that or didn't think of bringing it. <laughs> Scoreboard's got them up there right too. Huh? Oh, we got some more wires here. Hey, let's see who these are. This one comes signed. Oh, the Hampshire, Illinois Cubs and Sox fans. Ah, that's a great gang. I made a talk to them after the World Series last fall. 
Here's one from Alden Harry Steers. Congratulations on your birthday, Harry Steers, is that famous bowler. Announcement of a change in lineup. Peter is playing left field for the athletics. Here's Mel Guns and Andy. Uncle and Grandpa Simonini are sitting there. Congratulations on the birthday. Going to the ball game. The last of the record. Oh, Earl Rickard. Then you have to return. Oh, he says a lot of very nice things. Jim Wheeler also. Best of everything to you and all. Of us. Happy birthday. Charlie Hepp at the Harry's New York Cabaret. Charlie Hepp sends his regards also. Also very nice. Here's Appling at bat to start the last half of the sixth inning. And he takes the first pitch wide for ball one, which starts to wind up again. Throws, and it's inside across the knees for ball two. Blythe is now the pitcher, you know, and Peters is playing left field in place of Finney. There's the next one for a strike over the heart of the plate about knee high. And it's one and one. One ball and one strike on Apley. One and one to count. Throws once more. Luke Swing did a long drive down the right field line. And one of the boys down there coming in from the Philadelphia bullpen grabs it. Two and two now. Two balls and two strikes. It's winding up once more. Throws it. Swings it. About it down the third base line. But it's foul. And it's still two and two. Two balls and two strikes on Appling. Two and two, the pitcher ready again. Starts to wind up once more. Throws, and the hitter swings in a bounder down to the second baseman who gets it, throws the first base, and the runner is out there for the first out in the sixth inning. One out of the sixth inning for the White Sox, and Jackie Hayes is at bat. Jackie takes the first one wide and low for ball one. And now strike one over the outside corner knee high, so it's one ball and one strike on Hayes. One and one to come. Throws again and Jackie swings hit a high fly coming down foul to the left of the plate. Frank Hayes, the catcher, is out there and makes the catch for the second out of the sixth inning. That makes it two out of the sixth inning for the White Sox. And Tony Plant, the White Sox third baseman, is up there at the plate. Plant is back. Out there for the sign. The first one is Tony Stock lined up. Throws, Plant swings and tips the ball, foul of bounds off back at the catcher after hitting the catcher's glove. And it's one strike on Plant. Two out for the White Sox in the sixth inning. One strike on Plant. Tony swings again to hit a high fly, the shortstop. Started in, but instead of that, the third baseman is making the catch easily for the third out. And for the first time 
Today, White Sox have not only been retired in order, but retired without a man reaching base and retired without a base hit in an inning. No runs, no hits in the sixth inning for the White Sox. And the score is still 15-2 in favor of the White Sox at the end of the sixth inning. Now again, Fred scores fall. is going to have to come in and give us up to the minute scores and complete batteries from other cities. So we return to the studio. In the National League in Philadelphia, the Chicago Cubs lost their game today to the Philadelphia Phillies when the Phillies scored five runs to the Cubs' three runs. And Sean Hart had started for the Cubs with French taking over the mound in the ninth inning. The Phillies used pass on that with the entire route. In Brooklyn, the Pittsburgh Pirates are leading the Dodgers at the end of the first half of the eighth inning by a score of eight to six. They're covering Patton open for the Pirates with Brown in the fifth and Lucas on the mound in the eighth. The Dodgers started Baker and Berries, Butcher pitching in the third and Phelps catching in the seventh. In New York, the first game of the doubleheader between the Giants and the Cincinnati Reds, the Giants won 5-1. In the second game, the Giants are leading the Reds at the end of the first half of the sixth inning by a score of 8-1. In the American League, in Detroit, the New York Yankees lead the Tigers at the end of the fourth inning by a score of 11-4. In Cleveland, the Indians are leading the Washington Senators at the end of the first of the sixth by a score of 5-1. In St. Louis, the Browns lead the Boston Red Sox at the end of the first half of the second inning 1-0. And now back to Comiskey Park and Hal Tuck. Take it, Hal. Back of the ballpark for the seventh inning. The first man at bat, Frank Hayes, the A's catcher, takes the ball and then falls one back against the front of the red box for strike one. And the count is one ball and one strike on Hayes. Next one is ball two inside and low. And the count is two balls and one strike on Hayes. Two and one the count. He declines up again, pitches, and Frank swings the hit a bounder down to Platt. Gets it nicely, throws the first, the throw is high, but Benora gets back down on the bag before Hayes can get there, and it's one out of the seventh. Benora had to go into the air to grab that one. So it's one out of the seventh inning for the Athletics, and Newsom, Lamar Newsom, the A's shortstop, is up there at bat. And it swings in the first one, a drive on into left field for a good clean base hit. Single left field by Newsom, putting him on first base with one out of the seventh inning for the Athletics. And Fly is at bat. Thank you, William. Newsom on first base, one out. Fly the pitcher at bat. Dietrich watches first base and throws and flies, swings, hit a ball through into the right field for a good base hit. Runner stops at second because there's no point to try to go to third with the club needing 13 runs to tie it up. One run wouldn't mean much if he took a chance on it. And I doubt very much if he could have made it anyway because the right fielder was playing in pretty close for the pitcher at bat and fielded the ball quick. The A's have runners on first and second with one out of the seventh inning. And Peters, the right-handed hitter, was now playing left field in place of Penny. Takes the first pitch inside for ball one. Ball two inside and low. And the count is two and nothing. Two balls and no strike. Strike on Peters. Nothing. There's a third ball inside across the way. So it's three balls and no strike. Three and nothing. 
And there is ball four. It's over the plate for too low. And so Peter's balls, on balls, and Dietrich has filled the bases in the seventh inning. And Moses, the center fielder, is at best. Just a chance the heat may be getting to Dietrich a little bit because he hasn't been able to do an awful lot of pitching on account of having to run bases most of the time. He's been on base all four times he's been at bat. Now the first pitch is a strike, a fastball over the heart of the plate, waist high on Moses, the left-handed hitter. He just started right-handed. Dietrich throws the gun, a curveball goes into the dirt inside, and the ball bounded up under Sewell's arm. Sewell just walked out in front of the plate with the ball still under his arm. Now starts to rub the thumb on his right hand. He apparently took quite a start there with that. And it's one and one. One ball and one strike on Moses. He's had the bases full with one out in the seventh inning. White Sox leading 15 to 2. He starts to wind up once more. Throws and the hitter swings. Hit a high fly in the center field. Rosenthal's jogging in a little bit to make the catch. Gets the ball. Turns and throws to third base to hold the runner from second there. The ball bounds off Pyatt's shoulder. But he trots into the infield to get it. As one run scores. Newsom scored easily from third base on most long fly to center. Scores the third run of the game for the Athletics and make the score 15 to 3. So it's two out in the seventh inning. Peter's still on first base. One run is home. And Dean, the first baseman, is at best. Throws the first one, and Dean hits a beauty out in the left center for a good long base hit. Going clear out there to the wall. One run is coming in. Second one rounding third base and coming in. And Dean pulls up at second base. That fella can really hit that ball. Long double to left center by Dean. Scoring both flight. And Peters, with the second and third runs of the inning, make the score 15 to 5 in favor of the White Sox. And the man at bat is Puccinelli, the right fielder, taking the first pitch wide for ball one. Hitter swings the next one to hit a high fly to left field. Radcliffe's under it, waiting for it. Has it easily, and it's three out. Three runs, three hits, and one man left on base. First half of the seventh inning. He scores, standing 15 to 5 in favor of the White Sox. As the Sox come to bat in the last half of the seventh inning, draws up to the seventh inning stretch. First White Sox hitter will be Luke Sewell, the White Sox captain. This broadcast, the White Sox Philadelphia game, comes to you direct from Comiskey Park, home of the White Sox in Chicago, as a presentation of your neighborhood Texaco dealer, distributor of Texaco Fire Chief Gasoline. Broadcast comes with the permission of the White Sox and the Athletics to stimulate interest in our national game and in your own local baseball team. WCFL at Chicago. Couple more wires. Frank Dimitrov, congratulations on your birthday. Frank, oh, I know Frank. He's got that Mexico station down there at Ohio and Dearborn. You know that too, Andy. And Jim Clark out of him. 29 or 92. Congratulations. Well, he's quite 92, my birthday. The White Sox made the announcement today that Friday, July 31st, 
Next Friday is Ladies' Day here with no tickets except the tax tickets necessary for the ladies. There will be a doubleheader next Sunday, August 2nd, for the Boston Red Sox. The first game starting at 1.30. Now Sula's bat takes the first pitch over the plate but low. And it's ball one. One ball called. She winds up again, throws, and the hitter takes the wide one across the waist for ball two. She makes it two and nothing, two balls and no strikes on Sewell. Two and nothing to count. And there's the first strike over the outside corner across the waist. She makes it two and one. Two balls and one strike on Luke.
nothing. It's ready again. Throws for a wide one in ball three. So it's three balls and no strikes on Rosenthal. Three and nothing to count. Nothing, but you're ready again. Throws, and it's ball four. Wide and long. Larry gets a base on balls also. Well, he's been all over those bases this afternoon. That's the sixth straight time he's reached base. He has two hits, three walks, and he's been on on an air. White Sox have runners on first and second with two outs in the seventh inning, and Mike Krivich is up there at the plate. Mike takes the fast one for a strike over the heart of the plate. About waist high. One strike on Krivich. It's ready again. Takes another look back at second. And throws. And it's inside across the waist for ball one. So it's one ball and one strike on Mike. One and one to count. Watch the man in second, then pitches, and Mike swings and fouls the ball into the under the roof of the stand, above and to the right of the plate, bounds back down into the field, and it's still one and two, one ball and two strikes. One and two to count, and Mike swings to drive the next one in the left field for a base hit, a little looping single out there. The left fielder gets the ball and falls down as he makes a violent throw to the plate. But the runner scored anyway. Peters came in to get that little looping Texaco eager. And then as he grabbed the ball and threw hard to the plate, he tripped and fell. The ball came in pretty true. But Radcliffe beat it anyway with the White Sox 16th run of the game. These White Sox runners on first and second. Two out, one run home in the seventh. And Zeke Manura is at bat taking the first pitch inside and low for ball one. Again, and if the ball hits the ground in front of the plate, bounce clear back into the infield, and the runners advance to second and third. The pitcher got the ball and started to throw to second, only to discover nobody over there covering. And it's a wild pitch by Blythe. All hit the dirt out there in front of the plate for the catcher could get a hold of it. And it puts runners on second and third. Two outs, one run, one run home in the seventh inning, and two balls called on Lenore. Light throws again and Zeke takes a good strike. Pretty one over the heart of the plate, waist high. Make it two and one. Two balls, one strike on Zeke. Zeke hits the next one, but it's a foul. Little pop fly coming up in the second deck over to our left. Bounds off and over and back down into the lower deck seat. And it's two and two. Two balls and two strikes. Swings again to fall another one back in the second deck up here. One fan stuck up his hand to protect his face. Ball hit the hand and dropped right alongside of him. And it's two and two. Two balls and two strikes. He throws again and it's ball three inside across the waist to make it three balls and two strikes on Benor. 
Three and two is the count. Three and two, but you're ready again. Starts to wind up, goes, and it's inside for ball four. The ball got away from the catcher, but didn't roll far enough to let anybody advance on it. So it's a base on balls for Zeke that fills the bases in the seventh inning. Starts up the bases full with two out, one run home, and Luke Appling is up there to play. Appling at bat. Starts to score to run. They're leading 16 to 5 in the seventh inning. Luke has two hits, a walk, and five tries. And the first pitch to Luke is a wide one across the chest for ball one. One ball called. Throws again, and it's a high one inside for ball two. Patrick turns around and asks for another ball and gets it. Now he's winding up. Rolls and he hits the one out to right field for another base hit. Right fielder fields the ball fast. One run is in, another one scoring. And Bonola gets the third base. Single to right field by Appling. Scoring two more runs for the Sox. Makes the score 18 5. These Sox runners on first and third and two out. Three runs home in the seventh inning. And the next man up there is Jackie Hayes. White Sox. Second baseman. She looks around, boys and pitches, and Jackie takes it inside and low for ball one. One ball called. Thing I brought some new pencils out today, George. And there's a strike over the heart of the plate, waist high, and the count. Is two and nothing. Two balls and no strikes on Hayes. There's the next one for a ball inside across the chest, and it's three and nothing on Jackson. Three balls and no strikes. Maybe one of them was called strike. I didn't see his way, so the board shows two and one. But it doesn't matter. Jackie hits the next one in the right field for a base hit. Honora jogs home and Appling stops the second base. Single to right field by Hayes, scoring Benora. White Sox 19th run of the afternoon. How are you people getting along with that Texaco scorebook? You got room for everything? Oh, that dog gone. Look at that face. It's all full of black marks, meaning run. <laughs> How many pencils they go worn out? Well, the first pitch now to Pyatt, where the bat is inside and low for ball one. One ball called. Watch second base throws again, and Tony gets a strike over the inside corner waist high. So it's one ball and one strike on Pyatt. One and one. Throws again, and Tony gets the second ball. It's over the plate for two low, and it's two balls and one strike on fire. Two and one. It still keeps nine seconds to finally pitches, and Tony jumps back to take it inside across the waist for the third ball. 
And it's three balls and one strike on Fyatt. Three and one now. There comes the first strike over the heart of the plate, waist high. Rather, the second strike. And it makes it three balls and two strikes on Fyatt. Playing the swing all the way that time. Now we'll go after if it's anywhere near good. Three and two. There go the runners. Fyatt swings to call the ball back into the second deck. Often to our right over here. And it's still three balls and two strikes on Fyatt. Runners naturally were on the go of the pitch there with a count of three and two and two out. First two men up this inning were put out. And then since then, it's been one, two, three walks and three hits. And with the runner on the way again, the next pitch is right in at Tony, and it hit him in the hand as it hit the end of his bat and went foul into the stands over there. And the runners have to go back again. Platt seems to be the target this afternoon. He was hit by a pitch ball twice, once on a fourth ball, so when he gets fed for a walk there, and this time, as he fell down to get away from the ball, it hit the handle of the bat and seemed to hit his finger, finger on his right hand. He rubbed it a bit, but finally stepped back up to the plate. Not still, three and two. And Platt swings again to fall another one back into the stands back here to our right. And it's still three balls and two strikes. Three and two now on Platt. White Sox runners on first and second, two out, four runs already home this inning. And the White Sox leading the Athletics 19 to five. more touchdowns, they'll have quite a score. And now Flyer swings in a high fly out back of the plate, coming down foul, catch a racing way back after it, and he makes the catch for the third out after quite a run, though. Ending the last half of the seventh inning, in that half inning, the White Sox had four runs, three hits, and two men left on base. And the score is 19 to 5 in favor of the White Sox over the Philadelphia Athletics at the end of the seventh inning. Don't take the performance of your car for granted. Are you sure you're getting the most in driving pleasure? Mexico Fire Chief Gasoline will give you the pleasure of power, speed, and pickup. And what's more, it costs no more than ordinary gasoline. Drive up to your Texaco service station today and fill up with Texaco Fire Chief Gasoline. Johnson waits there while Merv Shea went out there to warm up the catcher. Pitcher, <laughs> catcher is Groove. Groove is catching now. Groove has gone in to finish the game behind the plate. And Johnson swings to the first pitch to hit a ball into the stand to the right of the plate for strike one. Strike on Johnson. Throws again, and the hitter takes a wide and low for ball one. And the count is one ball and one strike on Bob Johnson, first man at bat for the Athletics in the eighth inning. There's the next one for ball two. It's wide 
And it's two and one. Two balls and one strike on Bob. Big husky right-handed hitter. Dietrich gets the side again. He's winding up. Throws. And the hitter takes his line inside for ball three. And it runs the count to three and one. Three balls and one strike. Swings to the next one. The ball is on the ground back to the stands. And it's three and two. Three balls and two strikes. On Johnson. Off swings the next one to hit a ball to right back. And Petrie could catch it on the hop. Throws the first. And Johnson is out for the first out in the eighth inning. One out of the eighth inning for the athletics. And Higgins is at bat. Pinky Higgins up there to play. up, throws the first one, it's a high one wide for ball one. One ball called on Higgins. One out of the eighth inning for the Athletics. And he swings in the next one, a beauty in the center field for a long single. Throws the ball, comes in, feels it on the hop, throws it into second base. And Higgins is on first base with one out of the eighth inning for the Athletics. And Frank Hayes, the catcher, is at bat. Oh, yesterday the Athletics won 15 to 8. Right now, the White Sox are leading 19 to 5. Kind of a series, is this? Man, oh man. Now, Dietrich throws the first one and it's wide across the waist. Ball one on he. One ball call. Throws again and it's a strike over the outside corner about knee high. So it's one ball and one strike on he. One and one to count. There's the next one inside for ball two. And it's two balls and one strike on Hayes. Two and one is the count. She throws again and Hayes swings in a long drive up deep center field, but Rosenthal's back there. Went back too far and had to take a step back in and reach down to catch that one. He almost went back too far on it. The ball was pretty well hit, though, and sank a little faster than he thought it was going to. So it's two out in the eighth inning for the Athletics. Higgins is still on first base, and Newsom is at best. Newsom up there at the plate. First pitch is the ball, wide and low. One ball called. Swings the next, it's a high fly out back to second base. And blowing over toward the shortstop, and Appling comes in. Almost the infield grab to make the catch for the third out. So it's no one hit, one man left on base. First half of the eighth inning. And the score remains 19 to 5 in favor of the White Sox. They come to bat in the last half of the eighth inning. First White Sox hitter will be Frank Roof, White Sox catcher. Broadcast the White Sox Philadelphia game comes to you direct from Comiskey Park, the home of the White Sox in Chicago. As a presentation of your neighborhood, Texaco dealer, distributor of Texaco Fire Chief Gasoline. Broadcast comes with the permission of the White Sox and the athletics to stimulate interest in our national game and in your own local baseball team. This is WCFL at Chicago. Moss has gone in there now to catch for the athletics. Give Hayes a little rest. 
And the pitcher, White, finishes his warm-up out there. Moss throws the ball out to second base. And Frank Grove steps up there to the plate to start the last half of the eighth inning. Grove, who went in to catch in place of Sewell. Winds up now, throws in the hitter, swings hit a bounder down the third baseline. Higgins gets it easily, throws the first, and it's one out of the eighth inning. One out of the eighth inning for the White Sox. And Dietrich, the White Sox pitcher, gets a nice hand as he walks out of the dugout up there toward the plate. Held in some relief pitching for the White Sox the other day, but this is his first start for them. And even though he's had such a good lead, he's hit good ball. White throws the first one, and Bill jumps back. Take a pass, went inside across the waist, almost took the buckle off his belt. One ball called. White again winding up throws. The hitter swings hard and misses a high fastball inside for a strike. So it's one ball and one strike, one and one on Dietrich. Winding up again, he throws, and the hitter swings it a little looping fly out over the first baseman's head for his third base hit of the afternoon. A single to right field by Dietrich, putting him on first base, one out of the eighth inning, and Rip Radcliffe, the White Sox leadoff man and left fielder at bat. Rip, for all his big batting average, has had a tough day. He scored three runs, made only one hit, and on base on an error and on a walk. Scored all three times, he got on base, in the meantime, he flied out three times, he has only one hit in five times at bat. And the first pitch to Ripper is a strike over the outside corner about waist high. One strike is the count. Yeah, fourth hit. You're right, Andy. It's his fourth hit of the day. I lost track of one of those little scratch dribblers down there. Right. The next one, the hitter swings and falls the ball back on the ground, and it's two strikes on Appling. Two strikes to count. I've got Appling at bat now, huh? Well, I'm punchy, I'm telling you, especially now. It's Radcliffe at bat. Rip hits the next one. It's a ground ball, an easy one. Down to the second baseman. They turned it into a double play. Play going from Johnson to Newsom to Dean. Getting Dietrich at second and Radcliffe at first. Win the eighth inning. No runs, one hit for the White Sox. And the score remains 19 to 5 in favor of the White Sox over the Athletics at the end of the eighth inning. Can we remind anybody who hasn't already obtained it or you who have already filled one and want another one to get busy on the matter of this 1936 Texaco scorebook. Absolutely perfect book in respect that it has all the qualifications of the official book. 17 pages for 17 full games with a full summary. And a complete scoring system with illustrations. To get it, all you have to do is to send, or rather, stop at any textbook station, get a request card, ask for a request card, fill it out, mail it, and you'll get your scorebook. And you'll have something that you can record according to the scoring system shown in it, games that you'll remember and be able to live over for years to come. Nemec is batting for flight to start the ninth inning, right-handed hitter. Takes the first one wide for a ball, and here comes ball two. High and inside, so it's two and nothing. Two balls and no strikes. 
He controls the gun and it's a high one wide for ball three, making a three balls and no strikes. And there's ball four inside, and he gets a base on ball to put him on first base with nobody out in the ninth inning, and Peters was now playing left field as a bet. He had to join my punt, but it was just his idea of trying to make the ball look bad, and it came right over the heart of the plate for a strike. And he swings the next hit, a bounder down past third base ball, and it's two strikes. Two strikes on Peters. Throws again, and Peters gets a wide one across the way for ball one, and the count is one ball and two strikes. There he swings the next one, a high fastball inside to miss it, and strike out for the first out in the ninth inning, bringing Moses, the center fielder, to bat. He picks out in the grass, looking at the boys over, and seeing where they're playing, rubs the ball up a little, now walks back onto the mound. And the first pitch is a good strike over the outside corner, knee high. One strike to count. Swings the next hit of Bonner down to Hayes, who gets it, throws the second, the throw is high, and... In juggling the ball, the runner slides in safely. And Appling seems to question that a little bit. And that'll be a nearer to second base on Hayes, who made that bad throw. Moses safe at first on the fielder's choice. And Nemec safe at second on Hayes' bad throw to Appling, which Luke couldn't handle. And here is Dean at bat taking the first pitch inside for ball one. One ball called. Throws again on its inside and blow for ball two, making it two and nothing. Two balls and no strike. Then he swings the next one to drive out to right center for a good base hit. One run is scoring. The runner from first stops at second base. And it's a single... Center field just to the right of center field by Dean. His third hit of the game, which scores Nemec from second base and moves the other runner to second base. The runners are on first and second with one out, one run home in the ninth for the A's. And Puccinelli follows the first one on the ground to the right of the plate for strike one. Throws again on the hitter, falls this one way down the right field line, back into the seat, and it's two strikes on Puccinelli. Two strikes to count. Dietrich walks up onto the slab again. If he signs pitches, and it's ball one, high and inside, to make it one and two. 
Swings the next hit, a long drive out, deep right center, the right fielder Cravage is back there, makes the catch, the runner at second base doesn't take a chance because I said earlier, they need so many runs to get back in the game that they're not going to gamble away one run when they need a whole slot of them to get anyway. So it's two off in the ninth inning for the Athletics, they still have runners on first and second, one run long, and Johnson, Bob Johnson is at bat. And the first pitch is a strike. One strike on Johnson. He throws again, and Bob takes it inside and low for ball one. And the count is one ball and one strike. Johnson is a bat for the Athletics in the ninth inning. Two out, one run home, and runners on first and second. White Sox leading 19 to 6. And the next pitch is ball two. A bad one high and inside. Make it two and one on Johnson. Balls with one strike. And he swings the next one to hit a bounder out. Appling will get the throw to second. The runner is out there for the third out. Dean forced at second base for the third out. Ending the ball game with the White Sox winners by the lopsided score of 19 to 6. In the ninth inning, the Athletics had one run, one hit, one error, and two men left on base. And the score, at the final score of the summaries, White Sox had 19 runs, 19 hits, 12 men left on bases, the Athletics run, 10 hits, 3 errors, and 8 men left on the bases. Time of the game was 2 hours and 8 minutes. The winning pitcher was Dietrich, losing pitcher Doyle. Tomorrow, these same two teams play again, White Sox and Athletics. And maybe we'll get down to some of the pitching duels we have seen these two teams engage in, rather than the wild and woolly contest that we had today. We'll be with you then anyway. Thank everybody for the telegrams and messages of good cheer. There's a lot of them in the mail, which I haven't had a chance to go over. They came to the ballpark right now. What are you going to do, put in here? I'd like to. I bet this fellow right here, you know. And you're not a little nervous, anyway. Say, 29 years ago. 29 years ago, a little more. You mean my dad? Yeah. Hey, he, he's a great uh, luck changer here at the Sox. Hello, Bob. He uh, came out here to see him once, and they lost 21 to 9 or sometime, something like that. 